now. Can you see me? I can see and hear you now. How's it going? Good. Uh, nice mustache. Thank you so much. Thanks for acknowledging it without having to have me bring it up. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of Long Form Conversations, the podcast where we talk about long form improv. I am your host, David, and you may notice something special about this uh, setup. This is actually going to be a, a special travel edition of the podcast. And uh, as the uh, travel edition, we also have a very special guest outside of LA as well. This is going to be a, uh, a legendary improviser. He is a Ugh. teacher, a coach. Uh, someone that I'm sure he's an author. There's so many ways that you may have seen or heard of this uh, improviser. This is the great drum roll, Billy Merritt. Yes, I am the great drum roll, Billy Merritt. Uh, <laughs> I could have put that in my all my titles now. Uh, yeah. Hi, David. How are you? Good, good. How's it going? Um, good. I just want to say it's funny and ironic that this is, uh, I'm traveling, but I didn't come to you. You didn't come to me. We're just... And we actually you went, actually went farther apart than closer together. Yeah, I figured if we we're going to do this remotely, I have to be as remote as possible. So I'm in Seattle and you're in Florida. Yeah, West Palm, Which down is, close to Miami. Yeah, so closer yeah. to the coast. Uh, how's the weather for you? Because uh, tell you what, I uh, uh, I love Seattle. It's a great city, but I uh, being a California boy, I yeah. can't take the, the moisture and the rain any longer. It's, oddly enough, and it's, it's wrong to complain as uh, as the whole nation is coded but it has been cloudy for a month here uh we can't go to the pool uh, no. uh the the water's too cold uh it's, I think must got down do to, something about that yeah i got down to 49 i did i joined a gym uh a nightmarish gym so uh now i'm working out in a gym instead of being in the pool which i'd prefer but you're going to the heated pool of the gym is that what it is no, no, they uh, 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 they don't. I was choosing between two gyms. One had a uh -huh. pool and a hot tub, and the other had a free massage chair and a hydro massage. Uh -huh. I had to be honest with myself. I'm going to do the massage chair more than I uh, am going to do the hot tub. Sure. Uh, at, and at notice how none, life... yeah, none of that had to do with working out. Uh, it's just which one is <laughs> right. more comfortable. Which one has the better amenities? Yeah. Uh, great. Well, uh, um, how's everything uh, uh, in... Florida, how's uh, your your how's your life and also how's your improv life there? It's good, it's good. Uh, I've been here about four months, I think, so it's acclimating. Uh, uh, I came here uh, 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 to help my mom out. Uh, she's uh, just turned eighty three. Bless her heart. Bless her heart. Uh, and she just and joined sart. my gym. Bless her heart. <laughs> Bless her heart. Uh, uh, she just joined my gym, so she's gonna uh, muscle in on all my territory. So. Uh, she's doing great, uh, which allows me to free myself up and I'm doing some more teaching online like crazy. Uh, mm -hmm. so I do four or five classes through, uh, Will Hines, UCB and a couple other people that I know from all over, uh, and working on building a little, uh, Herald bubble here in, uh, South Florida. This is where I got my improv start actually here in South Florida, this exact city. So, uh, I feel like I've come full circle. 30 years ago, I started here and realized I had to get out of this town if I wanted to do improv. Uh, so I moved to New York uh, and I've come back and there's some good people here. Uh, 
it just tends to be more short form uh, and not as much long form, but the short form is really good. And I think yeah. they can do really good long form. So uh, I'm working on changing the mindset, hopefully down here. And That's there's a great. lot of good minds. There's a lot of good minds. So yeah. it's like uh, one of those uh, sports stories. You're like uh, Gordon Bombay coming back to coach your, you know, your, your hometown team. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 yeah. And you got a great little setup here. You see, you mentioned you're doing a lot of different uh, Zoom uh, or rather online classes. Uh, and, yeah. And yeah. Uh, uh, doing online classes. Uh, just started teaching live here. Uh, mm -hmm. My first Herald class, I did a Herald workshop. Uh, and it's like, we're going to talk later about uh, New York and Herald's, but it's like, force people to like the Herald. That's what I'm going to do. And once they mm -hmm. get addicted to that, everything else just explodes. So uh, I'm doing that and still doing voiceovers, still working on every day. I try to upgrade my voiceover cap capabilities. Uh, and it's just, oh, I'm so stupid. I just can't figure uh, out how to set it up to make it sound better. And I keep working on it. How is everything well, so much over there? Oh, everything's great. Uh, and what um, are you, where are you playing? What are you doing? Are you uh, 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 doing any specific shows and where? Yeah, so uh, uh, we just, with uh, Will, they just launched their new Herald team that just got put on one. So that's exciting, oh. getting a chance to... Awesome. Um, yeah, jump into that next season. Uh, my team, Glass Clown, has been winning cage match. Yeah. Two in a row. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, yeah, and then just uh, uh, doing you know indie shows here and there. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I'm so happy you're uh, at Will's class with those guys. Those are great teachers. Uh, yeah, we're all going to Edinburgh, Liverpool, and London together uh, at the end of the month. Uh, uh, is that a uh, is that Fringe Fest? Is that an improv festival? Edinburgh Improv Festival uh, is oh. at the end of February, uh, and then we're all for some reason going to Liverpool, uh, where we've. Uh, I, I guess since COVID, we kind of connected with these people. Uh, yeah. And there's a theater there called Atomic Theater. Uh, and then uh, we're going to London for FA, Free Associates Theater, uh, which has been around for a while. It's the closest thing to UCB as far as Herald Night and stuff like that. Uh, so we're doing workshops and shows in all three cities. Great. Um, if you have it written down somewhere, if you want to email me later, would be happy to you know promote that for you. Uh, yeah. Can I uh, just very quickly share the first uh, my first note about you, David? Uh, yeah. I think I was post pandemic at a uh, someone's house. You were rehearsing, mm -hmm. and you invited me over. Yeah. Uh, and uh, this is your improv strength that I saw you in that in that room. I think you came in a little late uh uh with an entire chipotle burrito <laughs> yes, and I you did. ate the entire thing and then got up and i went damn i would be in bed or in the bathroom after that that <laughs> is amazing so one of your improv strengths is you you can eat an entire burrito then get on stage you know that, that's enjoy these days my friend thank you so much yeah if there's yeah. any strength that i have it is my <laughs> iron gut that's your strength goodness. play from your strength Anytime you can uh, eat a burrito on stage, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> you know what? That'll be my thing. That's going to be my, yeah. uh, 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 what sets me apart. Um, so uh, uh, we're going to go ahead and jump into our first segment now, which is going oh. to be Improvisor Syndrome. All right. Do you so, have any sort uh, of music for this or? I'll be adding it in post. Oh, Sorry, okay, my good. sound, the guy who normally plays in the background could not come to Seattle with me. Could you hum the music so <laughs> I can just get a feel? It's just going to be like, oh, oh. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, so imagine that part. Got it. The Rawlers syndrome. <laughs> so uh, this is a segment where we get to hear about your improv journey, uh, mm -hmm. talking about your um, you know uh, origin story and also how you came up and how you felt as you're going through it. Now, this is going to be interesting because most people that I have as guests, you know, their improv journey is, you know, maybe like a, a, a five to ten years. Yeah. But uh, you've got quite a legacy, so I think I want to focus more on the earlier years, and I think later on. You know, with our uh, segment talking about the history, we can dive more into the. Oh, okay, sure. You know, once so I guess let's talk about like up to the point where you feel you felt like confident, and this may have happened. You know, even pre yeah. UCB, this might have been um, something that happened during like uh, theater um, in high school. You know, it's, let's start. It's an interesting. Yeah, uh, uh, I was confident before I went to UCB, which is my big <laughs> problem, uh, a huge problem. Uh, uh, so I started as uh, in acting down here, uh, uh, down in uh, South Florida. And the great thing about South Florida, because there are so many uh, senior citizens, there's lots of plays, so there's lots of opportunity. Uh, people still want to see 42nd Street and My Fair Lady. So uh, there's a good training for acting down here. But I discovered uh, improv, uh, myself and a couple friends of mine, and we loved it. We did our own group down here without any lessons. I think we used the Viola Spolane book uh, uh, to get going. And we really got to the point where, all right, if we want to do this, uh, and I know my my acting teacher at the time says, uh, Billy, you have to go to New York. You can't be here anymore. Uh, so we had this decision to make. Do we go to Chicago and study improv or do we go to New York and study acting and improv? Uh, so we went to New York. Did you feel like you were like, equal parts both equal parts like improv yes. comedian and then yeah. also dramatic actor i yeah i feel i got into improv through the acting side not the comedy side although i was always mr funny trust me i'm <laughs> hilarious uh uh so when we moved up to new york ucb hadn't been this is in the mid 90s so there was no new york uh or there was no ucb in new york at that time uh so we joined a theater and this is our first structured theater uh, called National Improv Theater. doesn't exist anymore. Uh, uh, and they it was the first time we went into structure, and they did this great idea of teaching uh, every class. You do two classes a week, one on scene work, one on technique. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and they did a a, a mid-form uh, type of improv, to call it anything else, or presentational, shortish form, if you will. Uh, uh, so it was really good for actors. It was really good. It taught you a little bit about improv. Turns out there were Scientologists. Uh, we didn't know going in. Uh, uh, we we thought they were very efficient and very uh, clean. Uh, I but didn't know we didn't even know had Scientology back then. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. Back in the 90s, know. Dave. Yeah, things were rough back then. Uh, <laughs> I, we know, all... Uh... We were doing our improv steam powered back then. Uh, <laughs> I guess uh, what I meant is, I guess I, I only know it from, you know, John Travolta and, oh, and Tom yeah. Cruise. Yeah, so yeah. I would just figure like, oh yeah, I guess, you know, um, it must have preceded them. It must have been a whole yeah. thing. You know, was, who was in my improv class back then, Giovanni Rabisi. Oh, the you know who Rabisi. that is? Yeah, yes, he was he's a Scientologist. He's like, 60 seconds. Yeah, There's yeah. probably a, a more recent movie I could take, but. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, so anyways, they uh, went belly up because they took everybody's money and left town. Uh, classic uh, theater. So classic we're kind Scientology. Of classic Scientology theater move. Uh, uh, so we had a group and we're kind of on our own, still wanting to learn. And it's kind of like where we were before. We didn't have the structure. And we've heard about Harold and we we're asking people who were coming in from Chicago to teach us the Harold, but nobody in New York was teaching it. Enter UCB. Uh, uh, and it just exploded at that time. And I do remember my very first workshop. It was with Matt Besser and it was before they had a theater or anything or any class. Uh, and I believe the first note he said to me is you're improvising with blinders on. Uh, you're not seeing the whole scene. Mm -hmm. And I just remember walking out goes, who the hell does this guy think he is? Yeah. At I'm this point, funny. At yeah. this point, what, uh, how long were you doing? In, like, how, well, first of all, actually, how long were you in New York? when the UCB came in? Probably a couple years, at least two years. Uh, and I've been doing it uh, a couple years before that. So I'm probably at that uh, three to four year mark where you uh, feel you're good and you're ready to, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but we also knew we needed to learn something, you know. Right. And what was the uh, reputation like for UCB? Like, because um, I can imagine if you've been there for two, three years, it, it's almost kind of like, who are these, like, you know, the new yeah. kids on the block coming in? Yeah, uh, for me, it was that who are these guys? Uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, my friend uh, Michael Delaney, who ended up uh, teaching as well, was a member of the Swarm with me, uh, knew of them from Chicago because he knew the uh, improv scene in Chicago a lot better than I did. Uh, and I remember going to see their first show. Uh, and it was at a bar, and it's their mm -hmm. ass cat show. Uh, I saw their sketch show, and the sketch show was good, but this is their uh, what they the ass cat show was the flagship show. Uh, and I still remember to this day, uh, I'm my bar, we're at the bar, uh, my beer is at the uh, in the bar. I turned to watch a show, and I never drink my beer. Uh, I watched oh, wow. the entire show, uh, and I went, How is it that simple? Uh, how are they playing themselves yet still improvising bizarre characters? And I remember the game of the uh, the first game of the scene that I recognized was I think it was Amy Poehler setting up. Uh, it, this is when uh, Hillary Clinton's book It Takes a Village came out, mm -hmm. uh, and the running game at ASCAT was this whole village was bothering this one girl because uh, it takes a village, and everywhere she <laughs> went in her life, this village kept showing up. And it's like, that's so simple. How'd they do that? Mm -hmm. uh, and that was a like defining moment. It's like, oh, I get it now. I must be humble and learn from these people. And just started doing those shows, you know? Uh, and it's like every... I could list a, like a, a list of like 10 different watershed moments from that moment on where I just kicked it up another notch, another notch, another notch. And they were all with the original UCB4. They all taught me something that made me go, oh, one more notch. Uh, uh, and what was amazing is they all teach and come from comedy completely different. Mm -hmm. uh, they weren't as like-minded as you thought. When Each workshop was different, but they all agreed on this thing called the game. Uh, so and that was it, yeah. So how, how did you feel as a student then? Because, uh, uh, you know, for me, one of the coming up, one of the benefits I had is that there was a whole school, a whole curriculum yeah. so more or less every teacher is approaching it the same so that yeah. way there's some consistency but for you i imagine taking a class with polar then besser then robert yeah. you know and walsh you're probably like getting some some whiplash yeah. or some confusion and i think that's why uh if there weren't game of scene if they weren't teaching game there would be whiplash they would be all mm -hmm. over the place uh but i think the the defining factor is once you have that comedy language the game mm -hmm. uh you can come from anywhere 
you know. Uh, uh, Amy was a tachycine and don't let it breathe, you know, uh, jump right in. Uh, uh, Besser was a, a premise keeper. Uh, that's his uh, motivation. Uh, Ian Roberts is a, a human robot cyborg. Uh, who's the most logical person on the stage and heightens yeah. unbelievably. Uh, uh, and Matt Walsh has a little, uh, you know, he came through, uh, uh, oh, what was the theater? Uh, I can't, I'm just drawing a blank. In Chicago, not Second City, not uh, uh, I.O. Yes, annoyance. He had an annoyance style. Uh, he was the one that always liked to play with people who didn't have any improv experience. He kind of liked that little chaos feel to the scene. Uh, uh, so they all have these different points of view, but they can all play game. Uh, so <laughs> that was the that was the unifying factor. Uh, uh, but I'm feeling it's a lot easier now to get through the system than it was then. You're really on your own kind of feeling it out back then. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier too, you had this uh, uh, confidence so, um, you know, just for, for some other folks that come into uh, improv, maybe they have had a theater experience. Maybe they, they are like the funniest person in their yeah. friend group. How did you, how, what was it like being told what you're doing is like, you know, uh, could be improved or, or could yeah. be different? Well, I, I always say in class, comedy is a defensive art form. We're all kind of mm. protecting our own comedy. Uh, we don't like to be told we're not funny. Uh, uh, and that's exactly kind of what happens as you're uh, breaking it down and putting it back up together. Uh, the big argument, and I learned it through the swarm, and I think I've given that, I always give that speech in class about that moment. Uh, uh, the swarm was like the first team to graduate out of the Herald and do their own weekend show that kind of created the template uh, uh, that you see at UCB, the future group. Uh, groups and shows and our argument was constantly just because they're laughing doesn't mean you're doing it right uh mm. and there's two sides of that there's that side the other side is no we're comedians lighten the fuck up charlie and just play uh uh and that's where i was coming from uh uh because we're getting a laugh we don't need to be uh do all this i guess now it's i'm coming from the point of uh in in the back of my mind I, you don't have to do all that extra work uh uh but in reality, yes, you do, you know? Uh, yeah. yeah. So um, as you were coming up and as you were taking these classes, I'm assuming, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, I'm guessing there was no 101, 201. Or was there? No, or how not did at you know, first, yeah. How did you took, track your progress? You yeah, know? I took uh, any, at that time there were no levels. Uh, there were there was no theater. Yeah. They were teaching out of a, a place called, uh, uh, oh, what is it? Solo Arts Theater. It's a four-floor walk-up. There is an elevator, but you don't want to take the elevator. Uh, 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 and they each taught a workshop. And sometimes they would split up the workshop or, or something like that. Uh, and then all of us took second rounds. Of the people that you know kind of were there at the time wanted to take each of those teachers. Then we'd take a second round with those. Uh, so by the time we were coming back to do a second round, I think, is when they started giving it more of a structure uh i was there at the meeting that they had it was on the roof of the solo arts and by this time there are about 60 or 70 people kind of attached to the workshops and they were still doing shows and they announced this is when they had their sketch show up and running uh that they're opening up a theater and right about that time is when they had to have structure classes and at that time armando diaz came from chicago to help teach um mm -hmm. uh also ali Faranakian uh was already here i think he was writing on snl and he was teaching uh and then they were just started bringing in like uh, kevin mulaney all these people that right. they knew that um uh, uh were more teachers than they were performers that kind of helped set the curriculum up uh 
Uh, so it was interesting. Lots of trial so I, and they are. <laughs> so at this time, are you, um, were they also giving performance uh, performance opportunities or were you strictly yeah. like a student? Okay. The first show that I think they put up was called Harold and the Turquoise Dingo. Uh, and it was indie, indie groups at that time. We were... Um, I had a group. I, by the way, Matt Walsh said he always loved collecting improv troupe names. Glass yeah. Clown. That's a that's a good one. Uh, just so you know, uh, that's what he would say. Uh, uh, and he really fell in love with me and Michael Delaney because our first comedy troupe was called the Comedy Squad. Uh, <laughs> and the joy in his eyes when he heard that was just it became embarrassing. Uh, uh, and then when we were at uh, was National Improv Theater, we were a group called Lost Footage, and we love that name. It came that's to. Yeah, uh, Linda uh, was uh, one of our, Linda Delaney was one of our members and she had a dream and it came to her in her dream and we all went, yes, Linda, that's our name. Uh, uh, and then that kind of fell apart and we were like, putting, what about you? You want to play? And we would try to get up a team to try and do these heralds that they were just learning. Uh, and they would let us do half the show would do indie type heralds. Uh, mm -hmm. And the other half, they would try either a new form uh, that they were working on or their sketches that they're working on for their show, uh, one or the other. Do you remember what you, so, how you felt or what your first uh, Herald was like? Because I think for a lot of us, because there's so many rules and so many yeah. different things, uh, how did you feel about it? Uh, uh, I thought it was fine. You know, uh, in retrospect, it was not. Uh, uh, during those indie shows, I think that's when, by the way, uh, I didn't finish uh, at the end of that. The swarm kind of found itself. Amy actually put yes. us together. She said she wants to work on a form. You guys are on different teams. You all should be one group together. And that was me, uh, Dave Blumenfeld, Michael Delaney, uh, uh, not Linda, uh, Katie Roberts, Ian Roberts' wife, and a couple of I, I don't need to go through all these names. You get it. Uh, only the important people I'll talk about. I was in the group. <laughs> Uh, uh, and we were still doing heralds, but not well. Uh, uh, and we had learned that you could do any kind of opening. Uh, mm -hmm. And I remember there was one time Andy Secunda, who was on our, our team, was on another team. And they did an opening that was based on X-Files that took 45 minutes. The opening took 45 oh, minutes. Oh, okay. Uh, so there were some, you know, we're all trying to invent new stuff because uh, we saw UCB inventing new stuff. It's like, well, we want to do it. Well, you know what? Let's get the first opening down before you do all that. So it was a little crazy. And the shows, the heralds were just plotting. They were about 40, 45 minutes. Uh, people weren't editing. People were trying different things as far as openings go. And I remember one night, during one of those Herald nights, the Swarm had the last show. And by this time, we kind of established ourselves as a pretty good group, uh, uh, kind of the best of group. Uh, uh, and there wasn't enough time. We had to get out of there uh, by 10 o'clock because at 11, there is a oil disco party uh and they had to lay down the tarps that's what we we're told somebody else was running out the theater where they lay down the tarps everybody puts on oil and discos i don't know what that meant i felt it was an orgy i don't know uh <laughs> so besser came up to us says guys we only have 15 minutes i don't know if you can do this and uh we all went again this guy watch this and we went in there and we jumped on top of it scene on top of scene and that was one of those moments where everything clicked uh and it's like oh lean into the scenes jump on the edit anticipate it as opposed to yep that's good they're done and i'll edit it you know so it kind of changed our whole focus there so at that point um heralds were like 45 minutes and this was the first yeah. time you'd ever done like, yeah this is pre set. yeah pre-theater 
uh, when they put up their own Herald. And by the way, as they started teaching and they started getting a formula, they started putting together Herald teams. Uh, uh, and I think Amy and uh, uh, Matt got really high one night and came up with a bunch of names for uh, teams. And they all had to come yeah. out to these names. Klingon Rubber Party, Deep Space 12, because uh, clearly you know what they were watching at that time. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, I can't remember. Wormhole was another one. Uh, and since we were put together outside of that and the swarm, uh, we were a different group. <laughs> you were the extra one. They basically, all the teams that they put together through workshops and then eventually <laughs> starting getting a curriculum, they said, okay, you're the teams. Now we're going to do a Herald Night. Uh, and I feel they were following the IO uh, uh, template as far as that goes. So the, uh, for you to be selected, that wasn't a um, an audition process. That was just uh, their, I guess, their student yeah. body at that time. Yeah, they just put them together. I think, isn't that how uh, WGIS does? Do they just put the teams together who are taking the workshops? That's exactly there... right. So we just, yeah. is, I think, taking uh, from that as well. Um, yeah. So you they, they, they see who is consistent. I, I mean, I, I can't even say that I know, yeah. but it seems like they take who's consistent and who yeah. has been you know putting in time and effort. Yeah, putting in the time and effort, really talented. Uh, by the way, Dave, didn't you just make one of those teams? <laughs> yeah, I did. So that's wow. why. I am, wow. wow, they must pick. They pick the the most clever, wow. the the, the you smartest. You are Klingon rubber party. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and I think that's that's a good way to start when you don't have like a theater or school. Yeah, uh -huh. you got all these people. Let's put together a show. Uh, so how yeah. did you feel? Was that like a big honor for you or was it yeah. kind of like, well, well we're, we're all doing we're it? put together differently. We were put together before <laughs> all that happened, uh, the swarm. Uh, <laughs> like I said, uh, by that time, uh, Amy was uh, our coach. Uh, she put together a group that she wanted to do a specific form she wanted to work on. This is a time uh, uh, mark is she got us all together. Uh, we came to her apartment where she was, really nice apartment. I thought they were going, how she afford this? Uh, uh, and she handed us cassette tapes of Wu-Tang Clan, who we'd never oh. heard of before. And it's like, we want to do an improv show like this. Uh, and it's like, okay. Uh, we had no idea. We were the whitest people that you know. And we failed her miserably. We did a couple of shows. Uh, uh, claim to fame. Uh, uh, Eugene Cadero was one of our... Uh, 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 DJs. We had real live mm -hmm. DJs on the set and they would like mix music between scenes. And I think what she wanted from us is to sample this scene with that scene and mix them together. Oh, uh, right. A little like bit. A yeah. Uh, fade in and out. And the reason why we're called the swarm is she would keep yelling at us. I want you to swarm over that scene. Swarm, swarm, like swarm over that scene. And we do scenic paintings. Says we see this person's wearing this and that and this and that. Get in, get out as fast as you can. Uh, that's kind of where the origin came from. We were not good at that, so we kind of did Herald Night then, and we just yeah. became a Herald team. Uh, so um, I, I noticed that back then, and kind of um, we might touch upon this more later on. We talk about yeah. like the, the evolution of things, but right now this time and 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 these stories. Everything sounds so experimental. It seems like there's yeah. a lot of big risks and a lot of big, you know, uh, um, trial and error thing. Yeah. How did that feel? Because, you know, nowadays people do, you know, tried and true forms. We we try things that have we've been, you know, told work. So there's a, a higher percentage of successful shows because it's what we all are used to. But for you, yeah. you may be a great improviser. You may be doing great sets, but all of a sudden, hey, let's do, you know, this, uh, you know, yeah. uh, soundtrack slash like fading it may not translate or you do like a 45 minute opening. I mean, that translates yeah. to the audience. We didn't know what bad or good was. So, cause we've not mm -hmm. seen bad. We've not seen good. I mean, so it was always exciting. 
you know mm. uh and i'm not going to say that at the end of that show like we're we suck at this that never was the feeling uh but it really was like let's try a new thing uh and then we were starting getting uh uh amy uh was our first director and then she moved on obviously and then armando diaz was our second uh director for the swarm uh and he was bringing more tried and true techniques and things coming from chicago that really kind of kept us settled in uh but then also he was working on a forum called event day and we were practicing that out and this and that so uh it's a mixture of two and i i i see what you're saying i think there's still one of the things that i got from him that i still believe is true is everything that's old again's new again's old again's new again uh, uh you're always going to find new ways of doing things try something that hasn't been done in a while but with your perspective and see where it goes and i think that's what armando is teaching us Got it. Yeah, I guess that does make sense because I mean, that's not to say people aren't still experimenting. People are still trying to do new things or even yeah. play around with different openings and things like yeah. that. Yeah, so like what's a, yeah? What's the opening du jour uh, uh, at Herald Night, like at WGIS or uh, UCB? You know, I think um, yeah, I'm obviously maybe not qualified to like assess everybody, but I yeah. would say that like the the thing I see the most is the living room. I feel like that's a yeah. you know uh, uh, uh this classic and it's it feels more natural and people seem to yeah. it's also like pretty pretty uh entertaining and pretty presentational yeah. um but obviously you still have some monologues some some rants um but again these are all again uh, things that are are tried and true these are things that have already yeah. been established yeah. i don't think everybody's been like and, and you know i took that one class with you where you tried to have us mishmash things and have tried yeah. different openings yeah uh, and i think that's great but i think that's a, that's a level of risk that a lot of us maybe don't feel up to doing it so it's great that you had this culture wow. of let's just give things a shot yeah, let's just yeah. try it out versus us it's just like let's play it safe let's do you know let's do the pattern yeah. game but that was not yeah that was it. not just the beginning that's always been uh ucb herald teams trying new openings trying stuff out uh and it kind of cycles around the living room is great but my first instinct as soon as you said that in the back of my head goes lazy uh because it's easy to do but you said it perfectly right. it's tried and true uh there's nothing wrong with the living room it's perfect but i would love to see a group nowadays try an invocation and see what they could pull out of it uh, uh or something like that or an organic and see what yeah. they what your interpretation of an organic opening is now as opposed to what it was then and i think you you're also speaking to this like um uh, uh maybe like you know uh, uh it, it's much more pure to improv which is this yeah. leap first and then catch yourself second so yeah. you may not have a full premise you may have a half idea you may still be discovering it versus yeah. i think nowadays everyone is so much more focused on look we know we have to have a full premise we have to have a, the initiation has to include you know the yeah. reality and then usual and sometimes you can't do that with a pattern game you can't do that with an invocation yeah uh, because they're still being constructed do you feel you don't have the freedom to fail That's a very interesting question. That's definitely something yeah. I have to uh, analyze and, and think about. But I think at the end of the day, uh, in spirit, we, I think we all know that improv is like failing. It's, it's jumping yeah. out there with nothing. But I think there is this other side of I need to prove myself or I need to uh, yeah. win over the audience. And that is where I think that fear of failure happens. Yeah. Especially I, with the Herald, I, I will say with this uh, one last thing is, because you have to continue it for the second and the third B connections, yeah. that's where a lot of the dread comes in. If it was the um, a different form, like a montage, I think there's much more freedom to be like, let's try this out. Oh, that wasn't good. Yeah, so yeah. Wipe it, never touch it again. Yeah. 
uh yeah yeah i think that was the big thing uh at the very beginning at the ucb uh, uh was because we didn't have an audience so we had the freedom to fail a lot more because we were trying new stuff out as a matter of fact i was in uh and this is when they started working on those advanced type classes uh in shows that i love teaching where they're developing a form and matt walsh from annoying cedar came up with an idea called robot tv he did a couple shows mm -hmm. that i really enjoyed doing and the whole uh purpose of robot tv is to do a uh, television shows for robots who get high that's what he told us. That's what it is. It's robots doing entertainment for robots. And meet humans, if they walk out, that's a victory. Uh, so we would do a show for two or three people, maybe seven people at tops. If anybody walks out, we would all go beep, 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 like, we like, like as if we won. I don't think you could ever do that now. You know, uh, that's what's, uh, I don't know if that's true. I think you can. Well, I think it's, uh, uh, you know, it speaks to the, the experience of some of our, our coaches, right? If they yeah. also grew up in this like pressure cooker, yeah, they came up that yeah. way, they're gonna want us to like be more relaxed and just uh, set us up for success. Yeah. Versus, I feel like um, maybe like uh, like I know Will is like this too. He's definitely much more like let's try something, let's try it yeah. just for the heck of it. And to have you know uh, uh, our coach tell us to do that, it's almost like permission, right? It's almost like oh, so yes. you won't be mad at us if we have a bad set because it's, yeah, you know that yeah. we're trying, right? Versus hey, do the living room, and then we do a living room, and yeah. it's still not good. It's like, oh, my gosh, he tried to think yeah. something. And don't get, wrong, don't get me wrong. The living room is awesome. It's fantastic, you know. Yes. But I think a Herald should have Herald teams with different openings, you know, because yeah. uh, that uh, means they're developing their own identity. Yeah, and, and speaking of which, you mentioned um, uh, uh, being part of one of the first classes uh, uh, of teams and, and, and mm. things like that. What was that uh, uh, feeling like? Because – so it was torn different from Gigantic Man or the same? No, yeah. Gigantic Man was the first 401 taught by Matt Besser that was mm -hmm. going to be an official UCB team. This is before uh, Klingon Rubber Party, I think, and all that stuff. So we were the first, uh, and that's before they had a theater. So we we're just putting mm -hmm. it together. Uh, and it was a totally, it was not a good team. I don't, I, th I don't think we lasted too long. I think, I can only think of three people right now that were on a team that are still in the entertainment industry, uh, myself, Andy Daly, and Paul Shear were all uh, in it. I can't remember who else was in it because it was so long ago. We only had a few shows, but the idea was this is going to be a Herald team coming out of uh, the UCB teaching. And our opening was a um, pattern game with a monologue in the middle of it. So you do a pattern game mm -hmm. until you hit a monologue. Go back to the pattern game and do another monologue. Do the pattern game and do another monologue. Uh, uh, and at that time, uh, putting teams together, I remember Besser saying this. is like, uh, why we have eight people. Uh, and he says, like, everybody serves a function. You know, six people for scenes, two people for backoffs. And that one person should be a wild card. That one person should not have training. That one person should be. Uh, uh, I do remember that gentleman. Actually, his name is Mike Ludwig wonderful mm -hmm. writer uh and he was so good uh and i think what he was telling us is all of us are trying to be such good at, uh improvisers and like pr proceed with the the herald but we got to take care of this person uh uh this person has great ideas and is going to tell great monologues and stuff like that we got to make them look good in the scene so there's always that wild card character uh uh i do remember being shocked in a class once because he brought in this is the first time this happened uh, Besser brought in a woman from 
uh, Chicago that was just there visiting. So she just sat in on a few classes uh, and she was doing monologues and she was the current winner of the Miss Chicago Vagina contest and that's where they uh it was a beauty contest for vaginas and she won uh and she was also a uh a dominatrix and all her monologues were about just filthy monologues uh and i know besser said i just want you to give me your filthiest monologues just to kind of mm -hmm. shock them and i you know that because he's sitting in the audience uh it's just him in the audience just going <laughs> <laughs> deal with that uh mm -hmm. and it's like he wanted us to have to take just all this stuff, like just talking about fisting someone. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to do that scene. Uh, but how can I turn that into an improv scene? So uh, uh, I thought that was interesting. We talk about playing it safe. These are not safe moves. These are like forcing us to have to think on our feet and make it work. And yeah, probably that's why it didn't last so long. Because we <laughs> did not make it work. Yeah, and I guess like that's uh, um, it, it's interesting hearing you talk about this. Uh, it seems like it, it was a different atmosphere. To, yeah. You have Bester, who's your coach and running the school, uh, yeah. uh, essentially uh, uh, fucking with you, trying to yeah. mess with yeah. you guys, you know? So the the idea that y'all could fail or disappoint anybody is kind of not there. Yeah. And you it's know, a that... part of your training of there are no mistakes, there's only gifts. Yeah. Uh, you got to make a lot of mistakes in order to learn how to turn them into gifts. And I think uh, that's why... Uh, uh, jumping back to the swarm when Amy was putting us together uh, after we did one or two of the forms, she said, how many guys, Harold's have you guys done as a group? And it says about 20, 30, which is more than anybody else at that time. And she kind of sighed, goes, well, you got 500 more to go. And we all just got depressed after that. And it's like, yeah, just keep doing it. Keep doing it. You'll keep pushing yourself a little farther each time. You know, uh, uh, I tried teaching uh, the Herald here. And I've already got people in the very first Herald workshop here in Florida going, when can we do something else? It's like, no, we haven't even learned the Herald yet, you know? Right. I think that's maybe part of this. Maybe that's why yeah. um, there's a, uh, a kind of like an impatience or kind of like a, yeah, a, yeah. a, a, a eagerness to, to do good jobs, to do good sets yeah. that we, we don't sit in the experiment or in the, we don't sit in the failure too long. I think, and that's what your indie jobs, your indie shows jobs are to do, you know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, if you have to, you know, keep up appearances and do the right thing under uh, certain people, then find those indie shows, uh, fuck around and, and fuck around and find out. I think that's the yeah. idea, you know? So it sounds, and maybe there is no definitive uh, point then, but for you, since this is still kind of like a, a new territory, you guys are all pioneers in this art form, was there ever, was there a point where you were uh, it felt like things clicked and you're like oh i am you know i am the the the, the master of my own you know destiny now oh i was always full of myself all the way through <laughs> uh i so i i kept getting knocked down a notch over and over again yeah uh, uh a moment where i feel like i got it you mean like this is like, it yeah, that, or... mm -hmm. and not that that, that you ever done learning but yeah. just that you felt good enough to and, and maybe even it's, it's even like being asked to coach or maybe it's being like yeah. asked to teach like what are those moments where you're like Oh, I'm not just a student, or I'm not just, you know, uh, working at this. Like I am one of the the trendsetters of this. One of, oh, one of the I would say it wasn't uh, one moment, but when uh, 
the swarm graduated out of Herald Night and we got our own show. And one of the right. necessities were they did not have enough people to put on stage for the nights. They mm -hmm. want to do a show every night. And there we were still dark on certain nights. And, you know, there's ASCAT and then there's uh, this and that. So they wanted us to create a new form and a new show. And we developed the uh, the mono scene uh, mm -hmm. uh, variation of it. Uh, uh, and it was two halves rapid fire scene work and in mono scene and i think we did like six straight years of sold out shows every friday night uh mm -hmm. and i would say maybe the second year in it's like oh my god <laughs> yeah uh because you get so into it you don't have that moment to step back but it's like yeah all right uh uh same people are coming to see the shows now i get it now i get it uh and it just yeah it felt really good and addictive uh, to the point where I'd rather do that show for free at that time. Uh, that, cause I was also working at MTV doing a TV show for MTV and several mm -hmm. times I said, I can't do that shoot. It's on Friday. I have to do my free improv show. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, uh, so I think that was that it would be that five year period of those Friday night shows with the swarm and the swarm begat right. the stepfathers to stepfathers begat the smoke. So it's always been that, that crew, you know? Yeah. And, and and it sounds like having that ownership, uh, yeah. uh, finding like your 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 people or your team yeah. to like work on. Stuff yeah, you're right? not even thinking about your work anymore. You just know you can do it, and you will do it. You know. Great. Uh, I guess uh, to wrap up this part of the the section um, is just like I guess any parting words. I know that you constantly see students, so like, what is just some uh, 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 advice or some like you know attitude adjustments that you'd like to tell to like students out there that may be feeling. Uh, again, like that they're struggling or that they're not yeah. getting it just yet. Well, we're, we're, um, I guess off the theme of what we've been talking about, there are no mistakes. There's only gifts. Uh, uh, really, uh, if you feel you're failing, you got to somewhere in the, in the back of your mind, train yourself and go, excellent. Uh, I will learn from this. How can I turn it? Because the next time uh, uh, you will do it. And, you know, I always do this in every class. I talk about those way Homer notes. Take charge of your own improv. Give yourself assignments when you're on stage. Tell you, teach mm -hmm. yourself. Don't wait for other people to teach you. Uh, uh, so that's kind of all that one big thing. And you'll find that moment where uh, there are no going to be no mistakes. You're always going to find a way to turn it into a good scene. I love that. And uh, um, just for um, anybody who hasn't had the privilege of, of studying under you, uh, can you explain way Homer notes? Because I've had uh, previous guests, I've had Anza and Chris, uh, a ah, bring, yeah. they brought up the that way homo notes and how much that yeah. really helped them. So explain that philosophy. to. So, to yeah, them. and I say it in every class ad nauseum. So I feel like I repeat, I have to repeat myself because I want everybody to know this. It's your job. Mm -hmm. uh, you you give yourself an assignment every time you get on stage, whether it's an improv jam, a real show, uh, anytime that there's that performance anxiety type thing where you are up on stage, before you get on that stage, what do I need to work on? Editing. Or what do I need to work on? Big characters or small characters? You know, what is it that uh, I don't want to say is my problem, but what do I need to get better at? Then do that show and try to do what you can do. Let's use editing as an example. I want to anticipate my edit, be on top of that scene. Okay, then after the show, if you did it, awesome. Pat yourself on the back all the way home. On the way home, the time it takes for you to get home, 
pat yourself on the back and then think, what else could I have done? Where else could I have edited that? Because this is now my strength. I am good at that. Uh, and then once you, uh, I'm going to assume you uh, drive a Prius, David. Uh, <laughs> Great. So, yes, yeah. So uh, you get out of your Prius uh, and you drop it. You're not as good as you think you are, David. Uh, but you take that time to go home to give yourself that pat on the back. But if you don't do it, beat yourself up all the way home, David. Uh, it's like, what could I have done? How could I have done better? Then when you get out of your Ford F-150, uh, uh, yeah, that's drop right. it. Yeah, you're not nearly as bad as you think you are. Uh, uh, the idea behind that is you're going to obsess over notes or you're going to obsess over your show. Train yourself to get that time it takes to get home. In New York, it was a 20 to 30 minute subway ride. Oddly enough, in L.A., it was a 20 to 30 minute ride on 101. So it was a kind of the mm -hmm. same thing. But use that process to think about it. Then once you get home, drop it. Uh, uh, and I think that's important, you know, because, all right, I got that. I'm good at this. Move on. All right, I got to work on that again. What could I have done? Then move on. Uh, uh, some Another teacher used the term basketball memory. Have you heard mm. that term? Like a shooter's yeah. memory. Uh, Three-pointers. If they miss a three-pointer, they have to forget that immediately and shoot another one right. and shoot another one, uh, uh, which I guess nowadays makes sense with uh, these crazy basketball games. Uh, oh, that's right. No sports for you, David. I apologize. <laughs> no. And the, the summation of that is be in charge of your own improv. Don't wait for somebody else to tell you what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong. You'll get that, but also it's your job, you know? Perfect. Thank you so much for yeah uh, walking us through that. Uh, we can tell that uh, you've been doing this for years. You've been working with a lot of different improv students. You, you you nailed exactly what car they drive as well. You got improv uh, students down to a T. Yeah. Oh, I could tell. <laughs> yeah. Actually, now that I'm in Florida, I have to say Ford F-150. Uh, uh, pickup truck. Well, Everybody that's, drives a pickup truck. That's my weekend car. Is it really? So, no, no. <laughs> You're doing well. You're doing well, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm in, yeah, uh, so well, I got two different cars. Uh, well, thank you so much for walking us through, uh, uh, you know, the early parts of your improv journey. Sure. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people will take a lot from that. Uh, we're going to go into our next segment now. Uh, what kind of music are you going to play between these two things now? It's going to be the exact, it's the same okay. music. I'm pretty lazy. It's okay. Uh, no, no, no. That's fine. So Whatever. Yeah, it's, it's just to refresh our it's going to be, oh. And I'm going to say it's time yeah. for our next segment now, which is going to be the topic of the week. Oh, that's nice. Uh, so <laughs> Can I just recommend a song for you? Sure. Uh, we Built This City on Rock and we Roll. Can't, we can't clear it. Can't clear uh, it. Wow, that was quick. That was a yeah. quick denial. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I wonder what would happen. Let me be built this city. And then I get demonetized yeah. by YouTube. Uh, so, uh, so I wanted to talk to you about this. I think this is always... Uh, uh, really interesting for those improv nerds out there to hear about how improv has changed. Yeah. And again, someone who has kind of uh, 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 been present for a lot of it and again, also helps shape a lot of it. I think it'd be interesting to hear from your perspective. Uh, and also, you know, this might just be more of a monologue. I won't be able to participate until we get to the 20 teens. Yeah. I, I could definitely speak to the, the you know, uh, uh, last few days before the pandemic. I could talk to the transition to Zoom. I could talk about mm. kind of this re-emergence back into the in-person but yeah. i'd like to hear uh and you know you kind of touched upon it but i'd love to hear yeah like the the vibe of uh, uh new york before uh ucb once once it happened and then you know the transition to la i'd love to hear about all yeah that stuff. uh well it was uh uh 
I had just quit my band Pearl Jam. It was the mid-90s. Grunge was over. I always start every story that way. Uh, uh, actually, you UCB, said you're never going to make it big. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pearl Jam. Uh, more like jam. I don't know. Uh, I'll work on that story. Uh, I think uh, I was talking earlier in a, a class, uh, or class. Uh, it is podcast. It is like a class, though, isn't it, really? It's a one-person uh, class. The mid to late 90s when UCB came to New York was in the middle of the alternative comedy boom. Uh, and I didn't realize it until I was listening to a podcast with Janine Garofalo and David Cross. Uh, uh, are we is Janine? Does everybody know Janine Garofalo? Is that a, a big name? Yeah. Okay, That's everybody. A big yeah. Name. Uh, and uh, the, those kind of people were doing shows down in the East Village uh, uh, that were just. Uh, challenging people's like what could you do on stage how offensive could you be for it actually to work uh i remember the first time seeing sarah silverman at that show it was at rebar it was the name of the show i think it was uh because that was the name of the bar and then they went down to the east village i'm not too sure what it was called uh but i remember seeing this is mitch hedberg uh was doing mm-hmm. shows at that time sarah silverman like one of her first shows she came on in white jeans uh uh I got on stage, turned around to put a glass of water down, and you could see her her bottom of her pants were all bloodied, as if she were having having her period. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just like, and that's the kind of comedy people were doing. Uh, and it, I don't know if it was New York or the alternative, but there was always like a gasp and a oh, like can you go that far? So yeah, that was a. Yeah. And I think remember earlier I was talking about Besser and a, a Miss Nude Vagina Chicago character mm-hmm. that's what people were trying to tap into it wasn't all about going blue it was all about challenging uh the parameters of where your comedy could go uh so at that time people were making big moves outwards and uh, and onwards until they found their moves uh uh ucb when it opened uh uh a lot of the people from Chicago found a home there to try out their shows. For instance, Tina Fey and Rachel Dratch came to Chicago to do a two-person show. Uh, they got on SNL. Amy got on SNL. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, more people were coming. There was like a conduit of all these great car- people doing great scenes. And, of course, at first I'm going, what about us New York guys? And I'd see the show. They went, oh, okay, those are really good guys. So, uh, uh a lot of us at that time, and I'll be honest, my point of view in the 90s was I was not thinking of a career in show business. I just really like acting and improv. You know, if I could make a living, that would be great. But I was making my money bartending, baby. Yeah. Uh, uh, so that's where I was coming from. And then I started to realize, uh, I think Donna Feinglass and Andy Daly were the first two New York regulars uh, doing shows at the UCB within the first year or two that got called up to Mad TV uh, in L.A. Uh, then all of a sudden, somebody else got plucked. Uh, and then I got, uh, 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 what was it, Boiling Points was a prank show on on mm-hmm. uh, uh, whatever. And then a bunch of us got into Best Week Ever. Paul Shear, mm-hmm. myself, Nick Kroll, uh, were doing uh, Talking head stuff. And it was like, oh, I feel they knew ahead of time what they were doing at their careers. Like they had yeah. a career. I had no idea what I was doing. I was just, hey, this is fun. Uh, uh, so I think the first four to five years of the theater's existence, it was a, hey, this is a fun little clubhouse where we're doing our thing and turned into, okay, uh, people are getting gigs from this. Like a, people are looking for representation. So it took like that five-year element. 
to grow. Uh, so at that, uh, at that point, well, you know, you mentioned people are kind of seeing it as this clubhouse as a, a place to like test their boundaries. Yeah. Was there ever any, did you feel that uh, there was any, an atmosphere of, of pressure or of competitiveness or anything like that? Or, or no. even like, was it, uh, even yeah. like a curiosity, like, like, Oh, we got to see what, you know, they're doing over here. Or was it just yeah. like everybody's doing their own thing? We're all just artists. And all uh, yeah. I mean, there's always competition between, like I said earlier, comedy is defensive. Uh, mm -hmm. So there's always, what are they doing? Uh, we're different than them, you know, that kind of thing. Because uh, everybody wants their comedy and their approach to be unique. So there was that going on there. Uh, I was in a very fortunate uh, uh, position to be in a group called The Swarm. We kind of got there. We were already established before the theater even got open. So we're kind of riding on top of the wave. I'm sure people who were going through the system within the first two or three years have a different story. You know, that mm -hmm. is be judged a little bit more uh but also we were figuring out what the herald was uh when armando was the first artistic director after the ucb went off and working on their show i was just remembering the first heralds uh there were no walk-ons or tag outs or anything uh, oh. uh, uh just do scenes and then mm -hmm. uh, i remember him saying all right let's uh let's add some walk-ons and some tag outs then heralds would not get past the first beat uh, like literally the lights would be pulled and we didn't even get to the second group game because we were taking so long. So then he said, okay, uh, no bells and whistles in the first beat in the second beat. And now that's like, uh, that's old. That's the only way I can see it done, but we didn't know any better at that time. So, uh, uh, the Herald was still learning how to, uh, operate. And I think at that time people were finding new openings that were tried and true either from Chicago or that, you know, Armando or uh, Kevin Mullaney would teach us and kind of pull off of that. Uh, and was there uh, this, like, um, like, was it like, uh, uh, like you mentioned a thing with no support in the first piece, but yeah. you found it in the second piece. Was there like a eureka moment where you were all like collecting, like, wow, that worked better? Or was it still kind of like, it's working a little better, let's still tweak yeah. this, you know? I, it wasn't like a big wow, it's more like, hey, we completed a Herald. <laughs> I think it was <laughs> right. literally that was the the try there you know uh -huh. they didn't tell you i always think of time I, in my mind i think uh do a 20 minute herald so that you can do a 25 minute herald so that you can do a 30 minute herald it's easier to extend time than it is to shorten time we're at the time where some of these heralds will go 30 to 40 and they were just you could tell that they were hurting right uh you've been in those long heralds where nobody was editing uh uh you have dave you have yeah uh, it's my fault. It was on me. <laughs> and you know, I always uh, uh, cite this. I always say because uh, that one class you told me it was a really you know definitive class. But you were the one that told me. Uh, I, I asked you, I was like, "Hey, Billy, why are you making us do like I think it was like a fifteen minute herald?" Yeah, you know, yeah. Because we're getting all the time. And you said, "Well, first of all, Dave, if people are laughing, it's going to be twenty minutes." And yeah. I was like, "Wow, that's a that blew my mind because yeah. I never even considered factoring in." But then you're absolutely right. If you can do it at a much more rushed like you meant like a swarmed pace yeah, you know, on top yeah. of each other, then when there is no one to, you know, blow the whistle on us like you, and it's more relaxed, we can now yeah. just expand that and take a little breathing room to jump into yeah. a perfect, you know, whatever, 20, 25 minute herald. Yeah, it's uh, uh, that's what the ninja is. The ninja on the back wall anticipates when to edit. They know mm -hmm. seven seconds before the scene knows it's dead. Uh, <laughs> so you want to be moving as that, that's the challenge. You, the, mm -hmm. you want to be moving as the audience is going, oh, uh, and that's when the scenes fall on top of each other. That's our goal. That, I think that's mm -hmm. the ultimate goal of a kick-ass herald. It just goes fast, fast, fast. Uh, so, and also, um, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, no, finish that thought. 
uh, one of the notes that we got once with uh, 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 from uh, Ali Faranakian about a herald is a herald is not three beats and then the show ends. A herald goes on forever. We choose to end it at three beats. Uh, so in other words, leave the audience wanting more. Uh, don't just sit there and try to end the show on a, a, a one-liner, you know. Uh, let the lights decide when the show ends. Uh, so I think that's the idea. And it feels unnatural, but it's the, it looks a lot better. Got it. Uh, uh, and I just want to ask one more thing about this era, these, you know, first couple of years. Yeah. Uh, uh, was what was more important, I guess, the 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 weekend shows, the ass cats, the Herald, like how how did Harold um, rank in the hierarchy of? Like Harold was the main seeing. night. Yeah, Harold mm -hmm. was the main night. Uh, uh, once the swarm went out, and also there was a another show that came out called a uh, feature feature, uh, which was a Besser directed movie class, and that became a big show. Uh, then all of a sudden, people slowly began to realize, oh, when are we going to get out of Harold Night and do our show? And at that time, you had to develop your own form in mm -hmm. order to get out of Herald Night. Now, Feature Feature was a class that turned into a show. It was not a Herald team. Uh, and then I think uh, Respecto Montalban came out and they did their form. Uh, Mother came out and created Soundtrack, uh, mm -hmm. was their show. And then all of a sudden, I would say after year five or six, that became more popular. But Herald Night was always the main night. And I remember them changing it from Thursday night to Tuesday night or Monday night or something like that. And everybody's going, what Harold Night is, you know, it always gets changed around. But it always seems to be uh, the theater and uh, revolves around Harold Night or did at that time. Uh, uh, one of the greatest Harold Nights that I'll always remember uh, was... Uh, uh, after 9 11 uh uh 2001 9 11 that herald night uh mm -hmm. and the ucb theater was part of the like right on 23rd we're on 22nd street and you weren't allowed to go below 23rd street because there was still damage and they were still searching and i think that happened monday and it, thursday night was a show it's like should we do a show or should we not do a show and by that time uh, half the people said no, and the other half said we got to do a show. Uh, and I was like part of that uh, uh, group that said I got to get on stage because I'm very sad right now and <laughs> I need to do that. Uh, uh, and it was so cathartic and so healing. Uh, the beginning was so shaky. As the only time I've been on stage where I was like shaking. Uh, I had to sit in with another group because I didn't have enough people, obviously. Uh, then once that group got done, the second group went up, then the swarm went up. And I got to say, for me personally, uh, it was a healing event. Uh, <laughs> so that to me was the most important Herald Night that I've ever been to. And from that moment on, that's what Herald Night is for me. It's cathartic. Uh, it's kind of the soul of the theater. That's what it always has been for me. Amazing. Uh, yeah. So um, you, you mentioned earlier, this is up also the point when people are starting to see UCB as like a, 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 a incubator, like a, yeah, a launching yeah. pad for other people, think, uh, other uh, opportunities. So yeah. uh, uh, did you start to see, I guess, like an, an influx or was it like a change? Yeah. Now you're, the, 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 the first class has moved on. Well, and now yeah. Well, now class. you're seeing uh, people who took classes that are on Herald teams develop sketch groups. Everybody had their own sketch group because this is before mod teams. There were no sketch mm -hmm. teams. So people were putting up uh, two-person, one-person sketch team shows. Naked Babies, uh, uh, which is Brian Husky, Rob Cordry, Seth Morris, and David, Bow David Bowie. Uh, John <laughs> Bowie. 
Uh, David Bowie was on a, a improv sketch team. I don't know if you know that. Naked Babies. He was. I heard he was okay. a great support player. Yeah, yeah, but he always he was more worried about the clothes. Uh, <laughs> uh, and there are quite a few good teams uh and people are starting to get writing jobs off of that and that's like when we realize uh, this does feel more like a writing form you know mm-hmm. uh also keep in mind we're talking about uh now like five to six like six to ten years uh in new york this is the only game in town there was no other improv uh really to be had uh they had really lucked out because there really wasn't a lot of big stuff going on there were decent uh, groups like Chicago City Limit, Gotham City, which was an offshoot of uh, Groundlings, uh, mm-hmm. had a theater. Uh, but UCB exploded and kind of choked them out and became the team or, or the place to go. Uh, so more people were coming and more people who were more uh, business savvy, like they knew what they wanted out of yeah. this. Yeah. Actually, and, and while uh, you bring that up, I kind of do want to ask about this because, you know, uh, 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 coming up, there was always the big three there's always options right there's always been yeah. ucb groundlings second city and ios so um there was always kind of like this i i wouldn't say it's it's competitive but it is like there's different schools of thought yeah at this time because there are people coming from chicago and at this time there's also like short form you know people that kind of have their own idea of what improv was what was it like uh uh having people come in saying well back where i came from this is how it happens or yeah yeah the first few years we got that uh (laughs) by year uh six seven by year 10 uh we were our own entity uh we didn't hear from chicago anymore i do have a very quick story about chicago's opinion of uh new york improvisers because it does was a people would always come in from chicago and say chicago's strong and i'm going what the fuck are you talking about you know (laughs) you're in new york now uh uh but everybody that said it was fucking brilliant so uh it was the first or second del close marathon which is this uh 24 at that time 24 hours in the theater uh late at night this is the time when it wasn't sold out there'd be like maybe 15 to 20 people in at four in the morning watching weird ass shows and Mm -hmm. i was sitting in the very back uh i think i might have been doing lights too and i overheard a couple guys from chicago come to do a show there uh and basically del close marathon at that time was for chicago groups to come to new york to do uh some shows but i heard these two chicago improvisers turn and goes it just seems like all the new york groups wear capes uh and i was like (laughs) what Actually, that is right. Because at that time, we were all like doing wrestling improv. Or, and you took uh, your cape off. Yeah. What are you talking about? I literally had three different capes for three different shows. And I was like, <laughs> I had a cloak, I had a cape, and then I had a wrestling outfit. So, uh, yeah, we were we were very gimmicky, I think, at that time and doing a lot of fun, wacky stuff uh, until we could trust our improv and just be us. Uh, it took a little while. But I would say, yeah, by year 10, we had been established. And I think if there was a strong IO or Groundlings presence in New York, that wouldn't necessarily be the case. But because they had no competition, they just turned into a giant uh, uh, and really kind of took off from there until they came to L.A. Got it. Um, So uh, uh, did you ever see or was there ever a time where there was like like a boom or like an influx? Uh, uh, And like if if so, kind of what was that part like? A boom or influx? What do you mean? Like uh, people wanting to like join the theater now? Like, it because... happened immediately. Uh, oh. I was just explaining the other day before online signups, 
uh, they would announce when classes would be available and people would be at the door of the theater on 22nd Street and they'd come in one at a time, give them a check and sign up for a class. Uh, uh, I would say just within the first year that it opened up, uh, every class would sell out. Uh, mm. And when the, it was announced when the classes were, there would be people in line around the block from like four in the morning. Uh, again, early morning, spending the night as if like they're getting an Apple uh, uh, product or something like that, mm -hmm. sitting in chairs, waiting to sign up for classes. That's absurd. Uh, uh, but yeah, they had more. The demand was bigger than what they had. And a lot of us became teachers quickly because of that. You know, uh, uh, I was co-teaching a one-on-one uh, uh, intensive where I think it was a one-week intensive where you do three hours in the morning, three hours at night uh, mm -hmm. or in the afternoon. Uh, and it was back when we moved into the bigger theater and Amy would teach the first half and I would teach the second half. And everybody would always go, where'd Amy go? Who are you? <laughs> uh, hey. And I said, Amy would fuck with me because uh, you'd write down all the exercises and yeah. she she got me uh, uh, to this moment. It's like she would always write down, all right, we did Crazy Eights. We did One Word Story. We did Zip Zaps Up, uh, uh, all these warm-ups. And then she'd always did, we did uh, Finger Blast. We did uh, uh, Crazy Fours. We did this. And then I'd oh, write, yeah. and i go, okay, so you guys did Finger Blast? Uh, goes, <laughs> what is, what? Uh, and that that's not an exercise. Uh, yeah. That was Amy literally fucking with me. Uh, and that mm -hmm. kind of eased me as a teacher. I went, okay. Uh, so we did Finger Blast. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, Ben Schwartz was in that class. That was in the very first one-on-one uh, that I was teaching. Thought I'd name drop. Yeah. Thought to drop, name drop Sonic the Hedgehog for us. Yeah. yeah Sonic. Uh, <laughs> so uh, what... Uh... What was what would you say it was like the next stage, the next like phase after? after yeah, yeah. Like... So yeah, when it blew up and it became that uh, crazy thing, uh, there was a moment where the theater got shut down. Uh, mm -hmm. The original theater, which was just this crappy uh, hole in the wall, it was a uh, a strip club before. Giuliani shut down all the strip clubs with this new cabaret law, which got us to buy this place or them to buy this place. It used to be called the Harmony Club. And it was a to define it, it was a strip club that strippers would go, oh, honey, don't go there. You know, it was a bad place. Yeah. Uh, and it was interesting when we reopened the place, <clears throat> we still had people thinking it was a strip club. Come in, <laughs> pay the five bucks to come in, look around and then just walk back out again. Uh, uh, side note, one of the reasons why we do back wall improv it's because that theater was so narrow, there were no wings. You couldn't come in from the wings like at I.O. You had to stand on the back wall. Uh, and to this day, everybody, there's no reason for us on this theater behind me. Uh, mm -hmm. We can come off the back wall, uh, off the wings, but we always come off the back wall. It's because the sides of that theater. So it got shut down because we didn't have a fire egress. And it really was at the point where if there were a fire, it would have been a tragic you know, lots of improvisers would die. Uh, the slow ones uh, would die. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and all of us were slow. Uh, uh, so they were shut down for about a half a year, maybe. And they put up like they would rent a space to do shows there. Uh, at that time, I was working on a new form that I created called the documentary. And I did a, a documentary like a Herald Night, Doc Night at a bar called Rafifi. So we we're all trying to keep it up going on our own. And they were still teaching classes and uh, uh, grabbing places. But it really proved that 
okay, we lost our theater, but it is still going strong. And then they moved into the below Gristiti space. Uh, and that's when it was pretty much defined, well, we're not going anywhere. Until COVID, we're not going anywhere. Right. Uh, so you could like so, survive, yeah. you can survive yeah. a, a, a pretty big thing like that. And uh, I, I'm kind of curious about this because, you know, when, when UCB closed down uh, in 2020, uh, you know, people still want to keep things going, but there was yeah. no official umbrella. So there was a lot of like, you know, offshoots. Yeah. Was it similar or did were you all able to keep that like UCB branding or was it like, no, yeah. actually this is the Billy Merritt experience. No, yeah, it was actually. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was very purposely working on a form and selling it. I wanted everybody to do the documentary. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Anthony King by that time was the AD. And he says, mm -hmm. uh, Billy, I guess you just want a statue of yourself in front of the theater. And I went, oh, oh, that's a joke. Yeah. Uh, so I was pushing that. Uh, but uh -huh. it was community that kind of saved it uh the ucb worked hard to put it together and the people that were working for ucb we were i was teaching at that time uh uh you know we're, we're gonna be there we're gonna you know teach but the community uh kept putting the shows together and kept seeing the shows so uh and they did a really good job from the very beginning of building a community when they introduced the first time they're going to open a theater like i said they had 60 people up on the top of the roof of the solo solo arts it's like mm -hmm. there shouldn't be that many people on the roof of that rickety old building but you know everybody was kind of part of it we were all and, called uh, agents of chaos at that time. Uh, that was kind of their uh, rolling uh, introduction to UCB. We're all agents, uh, not improvisers. Right. So you're kind of helping yeah. represent it or, or push it or further. Yeah. It. Yeah. 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 Uh, so uh, what year was this at the time that they closed down? You guys were going to go in? Oh, my God. When was that? That would have to have been 2003, 2003, 2004, somewhere around there. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, I'm not so good on dates, but when did yeah. when did uh, the transition to LA happen? Uh, for me, it was after uh, like 2008. Uh, I and it really was by that time, uh, and I think the theater in the uh, LA was just starting to go. Mm -hmm. I don't quite know the the way it was all put together because uh, uh, I was not there yet. Uh, uh, but it was gotten gotten to the point where a lot of us who had been in New York for a while, like the old horses, like. Well, you got to go to L.A. Uh, you know, if you don't, mm -hmm. you're not doing your job. And it's like I remember getting a phone call from uh, Ian going, yeah, you should be in L.A., man. You you should not be there. I don't know why you're there. And it's like, yes, sir. Uh, so I kind of felt I had to uh, get to L.A. Uh, and it was worth it. Uh, definitely worth it. But things are so comfortable in New York. You know, uh, you have your sold right. out show. By that time, I was with the Stepfathers. Uh, always had classes, always had the clout and all that stuff. So it really was wonderful. But yes, it was time to move. Uh, I just wrapped up a show, uh, uh, a wine show called, uh, uh, what was it called? Uncorked with Billy Merritt on a channel that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, and uh, we were thinking about a second season and we could shoot it out of L.A. So I was coming to L.A. To, for that, but I was really there for uh, uh, to do some uh teaching and some performing at the new theater uh and i think seth morris was the ad at that time mm -hmm. when i came yeah and so what was that transition like i'm always curious to hear about like for, you know like the newness of it all because you got to see the the newness of new york and uh, did you notice any differences or was there any like big uh, major differences for la uh yeah i mean 
when I first came there, uh, obviously my name preceded me and I did not back it up as well as I thought. <laughs> like people mm. heard you're a great teacher and a coach. And I go, uh, you know, I was like, well, let's try this kind of opening. It's like, what is he doing? Uh, uh, <laughs> Everybody so, put on these capes. <laughs> yeah, put on capes. All right. If you want to be good, tell me what animal you are. You yeah. know, uh, uh, I remember coaching uh, last day at school. And at that time I was in uh, doing a scene from the inside out, fanciful edits. Uh, so you do a scene and the edit would be based on that scene and it would merge into another scene, which sounded great. But people who just wanted to learn a Herald, I wasn't doing them any favors. Uh, uh, so I did get to teach a lot of people up front, just kind of mm -hmm. uh, touching the base. I was... Uh, yeah, because you were bringing like a, a decade of experience. Yeah, yeah, People yeah. that are still learning a very new thing. Yeah, I'd say I'd, by that time, I've been in New York for 12, 13 years, mm -hmm. 10 years with UCB. So uh, I've been there since the beginning. I'm going to bring that to uh, the L.A. stage. And I was mildly upset by the Harold uh, night that I saw. Remember how before I said it was like the heart and soul? Yeah. Uh, there were new teams trying new stuff out, but I was pissed off at the New Yorkers that were there that didn't rehearse and just showed up and kind of did a grab-ass Herald. Uh, uh, and I was in that mind going, and because... I didn't have any other work to do. Uh, I was going, you should rehearse, man. Uh, if you're doing Herald Night, you got to rehearse and do a show. And they were doing kind of like half-ass shows. Uh, and at that time, I had been, I had not been on a Herald team for about five to seven years. And I said, I want to be on a Herald team. Uh, mm. So I put myself on a Herald team called Hey Uncle Gary. Uh, uh, and that was with uh, uh, Mike Leffingwell. Uh, uh, oh my god, there were so many great people on that team. <laughs> you just asked me, and I won't know. Uh, June, uh, uh, Diane Raphael was on the team, and uh, but only for first for a couple days. Oh my god, I can't remember now. Everybody was That's on like, hey, I'll, Gary. I'll, I'll look it up, I'll put it yeah. in as a little caption. Thank you, thank you. There's so many teams and so many names. Everybody in that team was awesome. Let's just put it there, yeah. except for one person. You guys will figure out who it is. Spike left. Well, was it uh, uh, my four hundred one teacher? Was it uh, was there ever this uh, like thing of like, oh wow, there's a there's a legend on our team, or were you? Uh, I really wanted to cool? say uh, uh, maybe it was like I'm just one of the guys uh, kind mm -hmm. of thing, uh, mm -hmm. uh, but I really wanted to kind of like, well, if I don't do it, nobody else from New York will. So mm -hmm. I can't say you guys should rehearse. I'm not going to put myself on a team and rehearse. And we did in Johnny Meek's garage, because I think Meeks was our director for a while, mm -hmm. uh, our coach. And then Jim Woods was our director. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I could feel like maybe they were uncomfortable with me being on a team, but I was just trying mm -hmm. to say yes and, and, you know, uh, support. And it lasted. It didn't last long enough. After a while, I said, I can't do this, guys. I got to move on. Uh, 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 not to be an ass, but I just needed to kind of do my own thing and then put together the smokes with people who are uh, have been doing it for a while, you know, so I was a little but more comfortable. Did that, did that have the intended effect, though? Did that jumpstart people into rehearsing and taking I hope so. I think so. I think also uh, I was involved in the, the Herald process, the Herald audition mm -hmm. process, and, you know, kind of saying we got to make sure that these teams rehearse, you know. Uh, any team on Herald yeah. that should be rehearsing. You shouldn't just show up and do a show. I actually uh, might have to do a little bit of a backtracking. I totally forgot to ask you about this, uh, but I, I'm curious because Herald auditions are coming up again. People are obviously going to be yeah, you know, nervous and, and scared about this. But I want to hear about when did that start getting instituted? When did they go from, you know, being picked oh. and, and chosen to start having to 
audition? I don't know, man. Uh, uh, I would say not too far after. Uh, well, I mean, uh, it had to have been by 2000, 2001, there were Herald <laughs> auditions. I mean, I know I was sitting in on them uh, by 2002, 2003. I've been on 18 of them, and I should not have been. Uh, uh, I will say this, as a Herald committee member, I have yeah. never walked away from No, there was one year where I walked away totally comfortable, uh, but I've never walked away going, yeah, what the i've always walked away like what the fuck man uh because <laughs> what happens in the committee is everybody's like well that person's funny how could you think that person's funny this person's funny because comedy is a defensive art but form and we all think certain people are funny and we'll be good on teams and we all disagree and we all become passionate about it right yeah. uh uh yeah and 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 since it's uh inception uh has it always been like uh, a pretty anxious environment people always being very yeah you know, nervous and yeah. like putting a lot onto it. It's always been political. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, there's always been who's on a team. You know, if you don't get on a team, you are clearly going to say, why not? You know, you have yeah. every right to say that. Uh, uh, and there are, uh, good and bad reasons why people get on teams and not on teams. And I'm not going to go into that world. Uh, no, no. <laughs> that's way too uh, uh, long and strenuous. But there are many different reasons uh, back sure. and forth. And you can't control it. Uh, and I think once I moved to L.A., I went, gee, that's kind of like every audition I'm going to. That's the problem. And I think for yeah. some people, it's your first uh, foyer into, uh, on one side, rejection. And on the other side, uh, picking people and rejecting people, like on the committee side and stuff like that. The only team that was a, a no-brainer whatsoever was a team in New York called uh, uh, Dillinger. And that was Anthony King was on that team. Lennon Parham was on that team. Sarah Burnett was on that. Just every single person. Joe Wengert was on that team. Every single person was a heavy hitter. And they just auditioned and went, yeah, okay. Well, that was easy. Uh, we didn't even uh, ask about it. We didn't even argue about it. So uh, uh, it's always tricky. It's always going to be hard. Uh, and I think the committee should be rotated in and out. Uh, uh, it shouldn't like, I should not have done 18 of them. Uh, <laughs> and by the last four or five, I made a point not to talk. I kind of more like watch the watchers, uh, but also gave really great suggestions. That was my job. Uh, uh, but it's like, I don't, I should not be here is what I felt. And I, I should not have gotten to that point. I should have been told like after year 10, we're going to rotate, get more people in, you know, but totally. you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, uh, 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 it's good to hear because at least you have this breadth of uh, experience and yeah. you've seen too much. It's also, it's both, it's both, uh, it's both reassuring and also kind of like, oh no, but it's, it's nice to hear that things haven't changed. Yeah. That. It's, it's yeah. been that way. It's consistent that way. Things haven't gone like better or worse, you know, it's just like, oh well, man. That's what it is. That's what audition. That's what the problem. Yeah, is. and they were yeah. bitching and moaning with Klingon rubber party and wormhole. <laughs> you know, yeah. we're talking to the very one. first teams. You know, how did yeah. I not get on the team? I mean, that's always going to be the case. You know. All right, uh, I want to be conscious of time here, so just to kind of uh, abridge things, or just kind of, uh, you yeah. know, I, obviously we could talk about this for hours and hours. Sure, but, sure. Uh, uh, how do you feel about improv now? How do you feel about uh, uh, the 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 art form and kind of where it's at in the community? It, it's you know it is literally corporate now right i mean mm -hmm. uh uh in a sense but the people who are teaching it are passionate and it's still an art form uh we use the pirate robot ninja thing it's more robot than pirate uh, mm -hmm. uh it's much more follow these rules let's do it right let's do everything correct uh type thing and that's very good and very uh i 
all the rules as I'm teaching at UCB, I totally agree with how we approach it now. You know, I wish we had done it sooner. Uh, 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 so it's all going well, but like you said, it's also very, uh, it can on the good side, anybody can do it. Uh, everybody feels comfortable and nobody feels left out. I I'm hoping as they go through the system and get on teams. On the bad side, we all do the living room opening, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, uh, uh, so, you know, we need a little bit of, you know, friction here and there to try new stuff, not friction as far as arguing, but just differences. Uh, this is why I love what Will Hines has done with the world's greatest improv school that was desperately needed in LA. And I think that's just, uh, kudos to him uh in Jim Woods and uh Sarah more Sarah Claspel than Jim Woods. Uh Jim Woods is useless. Uh uh he was critiquing me the other day and I'm not gonna put up with that. Uh can I tell you his coaching technique when I was on the team and yeah, it was perfect. He was yeah. like he'd always come in a little late. He'd always just come from uh, Taco Bell and he'd always go, all oh. right guys, I have this uh, gordita uh left. I ate it. It says Whoever does the best job in this uh, uh, class today is going to get this. And at the end of the class, you go, I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to have to eat it. And he'd eat <laughs> it in front of us. And it's like, what are you doing? All right. I, I now need to play with this guy. Wow. That's <laughs> so, so funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's something you would not do in UCB class, but you could do at a WGIS class. So uh, I think LA Improv, and I'm oh, here in Florida now, but I think uh, as I left it, it is in a very good place. I think you've got uh, the structure, but you also have the chaos. You know, it's there. So uh, what do you think? Um, you know, I think, uh, again, I only have uh, uh, so much... Um um uh, experience and you know uh, what i've seen you know yeah. but i definitely would say uh uh before again like talking about things getting more more robotic i do agree the kind of rules and structure the robots took over the overlords yeah. finally you know yeah. became the matrix and it was just such a pressure cooker of how do i adhere to these rules how do i yeah. make sure that i'm doing pitch perfect heralds my initiation has to be 100 percent. you know yeah. uh, uh, no room for error but I do. Uh, once used to be went away, I, I mentioned this with a couple of other folks, and we all kind of agreed. It was nice in those, uh, you know, the 2021, 2022 years when UCB was still, uh, uh, you know, uh, in like kind of, kind of coming yeah. back. Uh, that we were like, well, we are like you mentioned, we have ownership. We can make our yeah. own shows. We can do our own thing. Yeah. And if it's not uh, pitch perfect, or if it's not hilarious, uh, uh, adhering to game, it is still funny, and we're still getting the audience to to like it so good, uh, good. And, and same thing with with we just i totally agree uh the teams there although uh they're very good and they're all like practicing and working on really hard there is no need to be like but is this what's the you know the the ad's want? yeah you no know, our ad's are our coaches so yeah. we already know like hey if will's telling us don't yeah. do an opening or he's telling you to let's get a little bit um you know a, a faster pace in the second beach like okay we can apply that without the yeah. pressure of might get cut or might you know might upset somebody yeah it's hard to have ownership over your own improv when you're trying to please someone else you know uh yes. but i will say the people who are uh like who who are the uh uh in the uh herald commit not the whatever the uh improv uh, committee christine riza ronnie Ali. those are great people uh 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 Except for one. There's always one that's a problem. Uh, no, no. Uh, uh, like, uh, yeah, every single one of them has a great take on improv, you know. And I think they're all very fairly humble and, 
you know, not you should do it this way. You know, I think they're uh, they are in the right place. And that makes me happy. Yeah, I don't think that this is a a result of any uh, yeah. person. I think, like you mentioned, just becoming oh, no. so corporate. It's yeah, it's got it's got baggage now. It's got uh, yeah. at this point, you know, well, thirty years like of baggage. I said, it's not one person. It's at least my experience. It's the committee of people arguing back and forth as to what we think is funny. Mm -hmm. And the people auditioning are kind of stuck in that uh, sieve going through that gauntlet. Let's use yeah. that word. Going through the gauntlet of that person's fun, you know, going back and forth. Yeah. So it's just there I is no for, perfect way yeah. to do this. But, you know, I think they're for as me, close as they can. For me personally, I don't take it like I don't take it personally. I, I do know at the end of the day, this is the result of late stage improv. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Where we just like some, like you know you can kind of see it with like these newer uh, communities opening up. Yeah. Uh, they don't have the baggage. They don't have all the different opinions, all the different rules. And I'm I'm pretty sure you know you also have this uh, uh, weightlessness of this uh, freeness in, in Florida with your um, you know. Actually, I'm kind of going, man. These people need structure down here, uh, and ha they need to do have structure that's fun. That's the mm -hmm. other thing. The Herald is fun you know mm -hmm. uh it better be fun uh or it just feels like work you know so uh i'm noticing that today it's like yeah if i want to get a, a a community going here this has got to be fun for them and they're all going to get good at improv doing the herald because all the herald works on all your improv muscles mm -hmm. and then they're going to start doing other stuff and it's going to be even better so um all right great uh well thanks so much for again talking to us uh, uh talk uh, through this i know we had to condense a long history yeah. a quick amount of time um there's just one other segment we want to do here uh it's our last segment which is going to be our hot improv takes no music for that one that one's just straight uh, we built this city i'm just gonna have that in my head so uh hot improv takes is just a quick little rant um like you would do out of the improv opening about an improv trend that you want to see more of less of i think i already can hear what you're gonna say based off what we said but uh, just a chance to kind of uh, uh, express a hot take that you normally would not say, you know, uh, uh, I'm going to take a turn and say, uh, uh, well, yeah, I guess it's not a trend. Yeah. Learn the Herald, uh, but try new forms, uh, uh, try different things while doing the Herald and then take it back to the Herald. Uh, uh, like the, the movie form is a Herald, but you're using the movie form. So, uh, don't just do a Herald so that it becomes vanilla to you. Try different mm -hmm. things. Uh, and again, at WGIS, there's all sorts of different fun things. And because I have those students, I'm, uh, I'm teaching different things. Uh, and I came up with a new form, which is a variation of the, uh, uh, pretty flower which is called the anthology i won't go into it but if i didn't have new people trying new things it wouldn't come there so uh don't just do what everybody tells you find new things to do too and don't be afraid of creating new things you know uh do it in an indie show yeah yeah that's what they're for yeah uh and then uh so for my my heart i agree with that thanks so much for for uh pushing it out there i also have hot take and just in honor of you and and the robot pirate ninja yeah. Uh, uh, my hot take is, uh, you know, uh, uh, if you are, if you're a, a, a robot and you're only making robot moves, then you're not really a robot. The, the thing that makes you a robot is if you take that big swing, you make that choice that you're not thinking of. So that's illogical, but then Very you have good. to put it back together. Uh Oh, yeah. now I need to yeah. follow the rules. And similarly with the, the pirate, if you keep swinging and swashbuckling yeah. back and forth, you're not doing it, make any sense. But if you know, the direction or you know the 
whatever what pirates do, the yeah. the the heading that you're headed yeah. towards, then your swashbuckling will actually you'll land on the right boat and you're gonna take over that ship. Otherwise, you're gonna swing straight into the ocean and yeah. the wrong side of the boat. And once you find that balance, you become the ninja. That's right. Yeah. Uh, uh, who can do logic? Ninjas famously love yeah. math and love taking over other shit. They do. They're famous mathematicians, but you just don't see their work. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> who, do you think, <laughs> who do you think built the calculator? For the ninja? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks so much, Billy. We really appreciate you taking the time. I know you have to uh, get going soon, uh, but please send me those plugs. I'll put them in here as a oh, yeah. quick little list. Oh, yeah. For those of you uh, uh, auditioning for Harold, I got three slots open on my 401 online uh, 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 starting next week or the week after. I'll put I'll, I'll send all the posts to you. I'll send that stuff to you. Yeah. And I just want to uh, just wrap up by saying, you know, Billy, you, you've been a, a great teacher, coach, mentor to me. You're such a asset to the community. Uh, everybody owes a lot to you. And your name has come up so much in this podcast. I just had to get you on. So Good. for those of you listening, if you've never taken the class, this is a a, a perfect time to do so he's got a lot of classes online so i'll put all those links up there but uh, thanks so much uh billy for coming in and and sharing your knowledge with us absolutely david any time for you i feel honored to be on this show uh the, the honor is all mine but uh, appreciate yeah i it. know i know i'm just trying to be nice <laughs> well i appreciate the, the <sighs> sense of nice uh thanks and uh take care everybody thanks for listening all right hey. Thank you, uh, sir. I really appreciate it. Yeah, anytime, Dave. That was a lot of fun. Thanks for uh, listening to me.